My lady! She barely withheld a scream, even as she recognized the voice and made out the familiar face of old Marcos in the deepening firelit darkness. No need to fear. It's only me. At his familiar touch, Ermini let out her breath in relief. Oh, thank the gods it is you. I was afraid. Her voice was drowned out by a great crash somewhere as of falling masonry or thunder. Marcos came close to her in the darkness. Here, let me carry one of the babes, the old man said. We can't go back. The upper courts are all afire. What of the duke? Ermini asked, trembling. When I saw him last, all was well. He was keeping the bridge with a dozen of his men. Those fiends set it afire with cling fire, which burns the very stone. Ah, the devils! Ermini's voice was a wail. Devils indeed! The man muttered with a grim stare at the heights. Then he turned to the woman. I should be at the fighting, but his grace sent me down to guide you to the village, lady, so give me one of the babes and we'll go faster. She could hear the creaking of some huge siege engine over the roar of the flames, and looking back she saw it outlined against the dark sky, huge like the skeleton of some monstrous unknown beast, with dark missiles bursting out of the giant's maw and exploding into flame in mid-air. The twins in her arms were struggling to get down, and Ermini handed over one of them to Marcos. She was not sure in the dark which one she had given to him. It was growing cold, the night was dark, and rain was beginning to make the path slippery underfoot. Clutching the remaining twin, she hurried down the hill after the shadowy form of Marcos. Once she stumbled over the dog and dropped her basket. She bent to retrieve it, and almost lost sight of her protector. She wanted to cry out to him to wait, but she did not want to hold him back, so she tried to keep him in sight, stumbling along without really taking much heed of where she was going. Before long she was completely lost, hampered by the dog who kept blundering under her feet and the weight of the heavy child in her arms. At least there was only one to carry, and the other was safe with the only man save her husband whom she absolutely trusted. Slipping and sliding on stones and grass, she somehow reached the bottom of the hill where she called softly, Marcos! But there was no answer. Again she called, afraid to raise her voice too much, for fear of attracting the attention of the enemies she knew must be all around her in the woods. Above her, at the top of the hill, Hammerfell was burning. She could see the flames rising as if from a volcano. Nothing could live in that inferno. But where was the duke? Had he been trapped within the burning castle? Now she could see that it was Alistair clinging round her neck, whimpering. Where was Marcos with Khan? She sought to try and find her bearings by the terrible light of her home burning above her. She called again, softly, but all round her in the woods she could hear strange steps and unknown voices, even laughter. She was not even sure whether she heard the voices with her ears or with her larron. Ha-ha! So ends Hammerfell! Well, that's the end of them all! She watched, paralyzed with dread, as the flames rose higher and higher, and finally, with a great crash like the end of the world, the castle fell in and the flames began to subside. Shaking in terror, she fled through the woods until she could no longer see the sun rising over the ruin that had been the proud fortress of Hammerfell. 
By early morning she was all alone in a strange wood, with a dog huddled against her legs and the tired child clinging round her neck. Jewel whined in sympathy as if trying to comfort her, nudging so close that she almost pushed Ermine off her feet. Ermine sat down on a log with Jewel cuddling close to her for warmth and tried to avert her eyes from the dying fire of what had been the only home she had ever known.